Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. So over the past few weeks, one thing that has really stuck with me that my pastor has been speaking on is really just this challenge to have a meaningful prayer life. And that's never been a particularly strong suit of mine. Off and on uh, in my life, I've had dedicated time set aside for prayer throughout the years, but I've often let that priority you know, of prayer just kind of slip. And, and knowing the importance of prayer, I talked to my wife and told her that I'd really like to start attending the Sunday night prayer services that the church puts on. And I'd never been to one. And prayer is clearly a bedrock of a healthy church, family, and Christian. Jesus himself said that it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And in Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray without ceasing. We're all probably pretty familiar from you know, a lot of the, if you didn't know from the scripture, from the signs a lot of people put along the road of Second Chronicles 7.14, which says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Obviously, these verses and many, many others teach us how important it is to have a meaningful prayer life. So, I just want to take a minute before I get into too much of this and say what a blessing it is to have a prayer service to go to. And I'm not sure that it's really my place to admonish other churches out there, but I want to just say this because I believe that it is, you know, scripturally backed up uh, in plenty of places, as mentioned above. that you know, there is a major problem with bodies of believers that don't have any room on their schedule for corporate prayer. Um, and, and when we gather as the body of Christ, how can we pretend to be seeking God's face as a community if we aren't even taking the time to communicate with Him? And I've been to a lot of churches lately as we were searching for a place to settle into, and there were a lot of churches that had a lot of good things going on. But if there wasn't time in the service for prayer, then I don't have time to be there. I am part of the body of Christ, and if that body isn't seeking God together, then that body isn't going to be working in harmony under the leadership of Christ as it needs to. Now, the leadership of a pastor might get you a long ways, but if the body as a whole is not coming together to seek after God and only makes contact with God and His Spirit as it is funneled through the medium of a sermon— and that body probably isn't going to get where it needs to go. So I was so thankful to find a community of believers who have the clarity to say, Sunday night, we are having a prayer service. Not let's all come and listen to a good sermon or devotion, just prayer. Not let's all listen to the band, have a meal and some fellowship, and then close in prayer. Just prayer. (laughs) Now, there's nothing wrong with all that other stuff. But there ought to be space in the family of God for us to just get together and spend time in the presence of God seeking his face in prayer. And I have to be honest, though, for a minute I was thinking, you know, it'll probably be starting soon. Everyone's in the sanctuary waiting to go. Then I realized, oh, it has started. (laughs) These guys are just here to pray 
And that's what's going down right now. And, and I have to tell you that it was awesome. It is heartbreaking to say, but it has become so foreign to see people just get together with their heads bowed in prayer for an hour. And it was such a blessing to witness and to take part in this. And so now I'm going to transition for a bit and, and go down a rabbit hole, but I've warned you. So do your best to hang in here with me. I'm going somewhere. So as I sat in the prayer service, as much as I was just blessed that it was happening, you know, a lot of these Weasley thoughts started creeping in. You know, I can't believe there aren't more people here. I guess everybody just comes to church to get entertained. And if other people were serious about their faith like I am, then they'd be here too. I'm glad I'm not one of those lazy Christians, you know, all that junk. And so keep in mind, this was the first prayer service that I'd come to, but clearly I had arrived at the pinnacle of spirituality now. You know, not like those other Christians who would never come to a service like this. <laughs> and so it didn't take too much of that mindset before God checked me and pointed out, you know, you could have been praying for an hour a week all along. And just because I hadn't found a church yet was no excuse not to have a prayer life. So that naturally led me to this question. If I wasn't willing to spend an hour in prayer last week, last month, or last year, why am I suddenly willing to come to church and do it where everyone can notice me? <laughs> and I think I just answered that question, but it highlights this unholy motivation in me that really needs to be addressed. And I need to just unwind the yarn ball of my Christian lifestyle and devotion from time to time and inspect what is at the core. So here's the main point that I've been stumbling my way towards. What is at the core of my desire towards God, towards church, towards all the energy that I aim in that direction? Now, I could spend hours listing all the possible motivations for why we do what we do in the name of God. But I, I think that most of us already know in our hearts what drives us if we would just take a few minutes to listen. But ironically, that's what can make having a prayer life so difficult and painful, isn't it? We don't want to listen and fully realize what is actually driving the desires of our hearts. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So, rather than try to pin down everyone's carnal motivations, I want to remind myself, remind all of us of what our motivation should be. Luke 7, 40-43 says, And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, and one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. You see, my heart has been heavy as I've, I've taken some time to just sit still over the weekend and commune with God. I am reminded how much the weight of sin that Jesus Christ bore on the cross was mine. When I think of all the times that I've gone to God completely broken and crushed under the weight of my sin and how God lifted that weight off my shoulders in forgiveness, that weight didn't just dissipate into the atmosphere. Jesus carried that weight for me. And my motivation to live for Christ 
must be the love that we share in our relationship, or I've missed the whole point. 1 John 4.19 says, We love him because he first loved us. And I must remember the reality of my situation. I'm not some special servant who is impressing God with my lifestyle. I am a sinner who was lost and couldn't find the way. I'm a sinner who couldn't have walked in the way if I found it. And I'm a sinner who, even if I found the way and did my best to walk in it, wouldn't have arrived at the end any more worthy than when I started. All of my life, my motivations, my devotions, my religion, without the interception of the grace and mercy that Jesus poured out for me on the cross is nothing. So when I recognize God for who He is and what He has done, only then can I do anything to the glory of God. See, I get it mixed up all the time. I'm, I'm always going about my day trying to get God to notice who I am, what I'm doing. It's not about me. It's not about me. And that's the rotten stench that I've been hiding in my core. It's all about me. I don't find prayer exhilarating because God just hasn't noticed everything that I've been doing yet. So that's the bottom of my rabbit hole for today. So, you know, down here while scraping around the bottom of my heart, I've stumbled into some ugly truths that I need to deal with. And through that, I'm excited to get back into a richer communion with my Savior. God desires to be in communion with us, but that can only be built on the foundation of who He is, not who we are. As I've taken some time to put my relationship with God back onto the bedrock of who God is, what He's done, what He's freed me from, who, what He has promised me, I, I feel my heart yearning to spend time in worship, in prayer, in communion with God, out of true love instead of a sense of religious duty. He has forgiven so much, and I am compelled to love Him because He has poured out so much love into my life. I want to close with Ephesians 3, 14-21, which says this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.